Campfire Classics is a classic literature podcast. However, your hosts will occasionally use not-so-classy language and immature humor to describe very mature situations. As such, listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Emily Bosco. Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. And we get super smart. (laughs) (laughs) We are real smart. important part of this podcast is is that people get smarter for listening to it correct yeah, always without fail that's probably 100 percent true that that people just like we're on a mission <laughs> from god to make the human race smarter mm-hmm. yeah putting the edu in edutainment <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> educating the masses one antiquated penis joke at a time <laughs> exactly I think that might be our new uh, our new slogan, our new catchphrase. That's a good tagline. Come listen to Campfire Classics, educating the masses one antiquated penis joke at a time. But come is not spelled C-O-M-E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That took you a second, that one. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> It, I well, I had to think back over what I had just said. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, it wasn't the right. beginning oh, of the sentence. So oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, dear listeners, <laughs> is how we earned our NC seventeen rating. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, do they have those for podcasts? I, I don't know. I mean, I know that we have the mature content tag. Oh, okay, okay. I was like NC seventeen. That seems extreme. This isn't. Yeah, this isn't a I, porn I podcast. <laughs> No, and I don't think they have those because even there's there's the podcast um, that I'm not advertising for, but I'm mentioning it. So I guess technically I am advertising for it. There's the podcast. My dad wrote a porno. Yes, I've heard of this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've, I, I, I listened to the beginning of it and it's it is it is very funny, but <laughs> it's just. um. The erotic novel is just uncomfortable enough that I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't stick through it. It's oh, yeah. just, oof. Well, it seems that it's not a terribly serious podcast either. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, like most podcasts and like most porn, it is not terribly serious. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I always find the acting in pornography to be top notch, just better than anything, you know, we professional actors could ever do, so. I uh, I really wish I had a clever thing to say to that, but mostly I think I'm just kind of offended. <laughs> but I don't think you're as good as porn actors. I'm so yeah, sorry. That, I'm that so hurts sorry. It hurts a little bit. Um, <laughs> injures my soul. Although I will say, like those porn actors, they always manage to look surprised, and they always manage to look like they're enjoying themselves. Right. This so. is what this is what I'm saying. It's really it's top notch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not that i've you know ever seen a, a pornography as they say this is all conjecture no yeah oh yeah purely mm-hmm. pure based on um the little the little clips of porn that you see on network television when characters right. are watching porn but it cuts off right before the clothes come off <laughs> exactly there's a lot to be gleaned right. from those clips 
So all you get is, oh, my plumbing is all clogged up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you could clear it for me? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and then the, right. the like the roommate walks in. Right. Or the classic, did someone order a pizza with extra sausage? Yeah. That one too. <laughs> Always a good one. Always a good one. Hey, listener, what is your favorite pornographic pickup line? Mm. Please let us know. You can uh, message us at Campfire Classics on any of the social media or send an email to 5050artsproduction at gmail.com. Seriously, do that. I want to know what your favorite pornographic pickup line is. <laughs> I'll read some of my favorites on uh, on next week's episode. I was going to say, I feel like that's a, a compilation project for you waiting to happen. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Uh, so... Listeners, welcome to Campfire Classics, apparently a pornography fan cast. <laughs> how do we get here? Uh, how do we ever get here? <laughs> I really don't know. I tend to lose the thread pretty early on and then it just it spirals into insanity. Um, but for our first time listeners, and if we're doing our job right, every episode is somebody's first episode. Uh, what Campfire Classics is, is in fact a very serious and highbrow literature um, podcast where we read short stories from the public domain. Uh, we read them for the first time, cold, for you, sight unseen, and we seriously analyze the text and uh, subtle messaging and definitely don't make fun of antiquated language and accidental sex jokes mm -hmm. because that would be immature. Yeah. Uh, so that that is what we're going to do for you today. I have selected a story for Emily to read for us. It'll be very exciting, but first... Um, because we do attempt to be at least moderately educational, I'm going to read a few fun facts to set up the story. Yay. So this week's story was written by another one of those authors who is relatively hard to find a lot of info on. His name is Richard McGruber. McGruber? McGruber. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, part of the difficulty in finding information is, I think, because he was not actually primarily a writer. Now, if I have found the correct Richard McGruber, and I think I have because dates and hobbies and whatnot line up reasonably well... Our author was born in Mississippi in 1924 and turned 18 just in time to join the U.S. Army Air Force, which he served with throughout World War II. When the war was over, he moved to Texas, where he went to college, and after graduation, he became a freelance writer and, as he seems to be more well-known today, a photographer. Hmm. This skill came in handy since his two full-length books available online are both travel logs of sorts full of photography uh, called Mexico Revisited and A Snob's Guide to Mexico City. <laughs> Apparently, McGruber really liked Mexico. Great. It was a snob about it. And was a snob about it. <laughs> or at least a snob about many things who just happened to enjoy Mexico. Right, true. So he did work as a writer, both freelance and a staff writer, for several newspapers and magazines over the years. And it seems that in 1954, he sold the story to Imagination Stories of Science and Fantasy. They published it in December of that year under the title 
and all the girls were nude. <laughs> Either that or Richard McGruber was one of those pen names that magazine writers were so fond of using. And none of that has any bearing on the story you're about to read. But based on the tiny bit of research I did into the story itself, I think it likely that this is the guy. You'll have to let me know what you think. Uh and, of course, just a little disclaimer, because this story was written in 1954, um, though much research has been done, I can find absolutely no evidence that the story is still under copyright. So if you have evidence, dear listener, that I am wrong, please email me and I will ignore you. <laughs> On that note, let's start this fire. And All the Girls Were Nude by Richard Magruder. Now, it's Magruder with a D. I thought it was Magruber, so just for everybody to know. Oh, no. I thought it was Magruber with a B, oh. not Magruder with a D. <laughs> Magruder with a D. Huh. That changes everything. We'll, we'll see. Hang on. I'm going to do a quick... Oh, wait, it does, because <laughs> all your author facts were about Magruber with a B? <laughs> no, no. Just during my writing... As I was transferring information, I wrote a B instead of a D a few times. Oh, okay. But but no, everything okay, I looked up was for <laughs> a Richard Magruder. So okay, we're okay. Good. Okay, great. This is still probably the same guy. Okay, good. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't, uh, the mic probably, hopefully if it's worth its salt, the mic didn't pick this up, but I just heard the clickety clackety of some little, some little, um, pauses and the... <sighs> The forlorn, the forlorn sigh of uh, a sad little <laughs> Lucy puppy on the other side of the door. Like, why won't you let me in? <laughs> she wants to be involved, but not She's this time, like, Lucy. Not this time. like, Mom, read me a story. All right. And All the Girls Were Nude by Richard Magruder. <laughs> Appearances oftentimes can be deceiving, and things most certainly aren't always as they seem. Take the case of Nathaniel Evergood, for instance. And, and all the girls were nude, but appearances can be deceiving. Yep. Okay. Hmm. All right. So I'm thinking like there's some nude illusion, illusion body suits happening, like drag queens wear. Well, who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Also worth, well, I don't know if it's worth noting, but this guy's name is Nathaniel, spelled with an I at the end. So Nathan, I-A-L. Nathaniel. <laughs> it's a little strange. How, wait, how would you spell it normally? Nathaniel? I-E-L? Oh. I-A-L, not yeah. I-E-L. Nathaniel. 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 Yeah. Nathaniel. <laughs> I'm Nathan Y'all Evergood. Right. <laughs> Basically. So take the case of Nathan Y'all Evergood, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> the nature of this old man was such that nobody ever called him Nat, not even his closest working companions in the company's bookkeeping department. As long as any of them had ever known Nathaniel Evergood, there had never been the slightest indication of any desire of his for intimacy or even friendship. Oh, a loner. Sounds like me. <laughs> you? Yep. We're not friends? Oh. I, I don't, I, I, I have no interest in meeting new people or being friends with any of my coworkers or okay. talking with anyone ever. Okay, I guess I'll go, <laughs> I'll go now. <laughs> Not once had he shared a drink or lunch or relaxed conversation with anyone, so far as his associates knew. To say Nathaniel was Nathaniel, Nathaniel, <laughs> to say Nathaniel was reserved is putting it mildly. 
it would be more accurate to describe this little old man as dull. Completely and absolutely dull. <laughs> in his appearance, Aww. I know, poor guy. In his appearance, his dress, his speech, in every way imaginable. But I'm immediately <laughs> untrusting of someone who is described as dull in every way. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, Nathan Y'all Evergood is definitely a psychopath. Yeah, some, something's happening because if he is dull in every way, why are you writing a story about him? Yeah, either that or he's about to go on like a Bilbo Baggins kind of journey. Like his Ooh, life yeah. is too boring and dull, so we're going right. to make him do something crazy. <laughs> sure. But in addition to being quite dull, as everyone knew, Nathaniel Evergood was also a thoroughly evil and obscene old man, as no one knew. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, psychopath. Likely, the main reason no one had ever seen the inside of Nathaniel's rooms was the fear within him that his evilness and obscenity might be discovered. For Nathaniel Ooh. Evergood... Right. For Nathaniel Evergood might be called a connoisseur to slightly distort the meaning of that word. He could be called a connoisseur of femininity from afar and in secret, of course. <laughs> An arbiter of the well-turned thigh, the rounded dimpled bottom, the tight waist and the high firm bosom. <laughs> ah! Yes, come on, Aphrodite. I I did not realize quite how apropos all of the pre-story porn talk was right? going to turn out to be. There you go. I knew. I knew. That's how good I am at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nathaniel Evergood was a connoisseur, all right. At the investigation, he ventured a very rough but conservative guess that he had collected at least 50,000 pictures of girls, in whole or in part, horizontal or vertical, semi-nude or nude, over the years. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, an investigation's gonna happen. Well, so this is 1954. He's not just pulling those off the internet. Yeah, no, no. These are prints. These are, uh, in the flesh. Upon entering his living room, if that were possible, the first thing a casual observer would have noted would be the point of saturation reached by his walls in their photographic content. There were photographs of blondes and brunettes and redheads. There were pictures of thin girls, fat girls, girls with ample bosoms and girls lacking. Girls holding telephones, books, and ice cream cones. Girls 16, girls 25, and girls no longer girls. What does that last one mean? He got trans, he's got trans people on the wall? My, my guess would actually be girls no longer girls, as in they are now women. They're now women. As opposed to girls that are now boys. I would guess that is the intent. Got it. Interesting. Um, but because, I'm, I'm not... Because the girls 25 are not girls, they're women. But the girls 16 are certainly girls. <laughs> they are. Well, and 25 depends on who you ask, because there is a reasonable argument to be made that uh, 27 is that is that cutoff because 27 is right around the age where your brain finishes developing and, and you are true. mentally fully mature. That's true. That's true. I don't know, Nathan, y'all. It won't hold up in court. All right, let's see. <laughs> there were shots in glorious color by the hundreds, originals and prints alike, but there wasn't among them one single view of the Grand Canyon, nor even a solitary... <laughs> Even a solitary Indian astride a tired horse, looking pensively out over the prairie. There was um, a red. Do you think? Do you think? 
that not a single view of the Grand Canyon means... <laughs> you know, I had the thought. I was like, what's the Grand Canyon? Is it a euphemism or... <laughs> I just, I had to hit that nail on the head in case yeah. someone out there didn't realize why I was laughing so hard. Well done. Um, nor even a solitary Indian astride a tired horse looking pensively out over the prairie. There was a red-skinned maiden, mind you, but she wasn't sitting on a horse, and she certainly wasn't staring laconically out over any prairie either. Rather, she appeared to be testing with her toe the water temperature of a tree-shaded brook somewhere, and she was clad in a lone, strategically located feather. <laughs> that sounds hot. Love it. Uh, it does, except that we have been explicitly told that this guy is evil and obscene. True, but I wonder if that's like a, you know, a, con a conservative view. Like maybe people, other people think he's obscene because like they're conservative about nudity like maybe he's just a an admirer maybe, of the female form but 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 he's got a handful of pictures of 16 year so, olds yeah yeah you're right i forgot that i forgot that yeah that's that's bad so on the tea table in the bookshelves in the magazine rack and all through his rooms one might find other evidence of this evil and obscene old man's preoccupation with womankind but the kind of woman he was preoccupied with often wasn't the kind that married dear old dad. He subscribed to every girly publication in the country and to several in France. Ew, ew, I hate the term girly publication. No. So you uh, see. I'm not wild about the idea of marrying dear old dad. Dear, yeah, I don't love that either. I don't love that either. Whose dad is he? Uh-uh. Well, it's, that's like dear old dad. That's creepier than daddy. Mm, I don't know about that. I hate when people use daddy in a sexual context. Hate it. <laughs> which is which is all well and fine, but at least daddy has been turned into something, however inappropriately turned into something kind of sexual, yeah. whereas dear old dad has not. Yeah, it's very leave it to beaver. <laughs> <laughs> So you see, Nathaniel Evergood was not only a connoisseur, he was also an avid collector. There were books and there were magazines, and there was even a deck of playing cards backed with the most astounding set of pictures you ever saw. That anyone could sit down to a game of Old Maid or Snap with that deck of cards is inconceivable, to say the least. <laughs> but such an evil and obscene old man as Nathaniel Evergood likely never played games with these cards anyway. He would much prefer to just sit and look at them. The reverse side, of course. <laughs> he later said he probably spent almost half of his really quite meager earnings for up-to-date additions to his extensive collection. The girly magazines, playing cards, and prints that he received from various mail-order houses sent, as the advertisements testified, in a plain, unmarked envelope. <laughs> God. <laughs> But the other half of his collection, the photographs, mounted, unmounted, matte, and glossy enlargements and contact prints, Nathaniel Evergood came by in an entirely different and somewhat novel manner. These resulted from his ability as a fairly advanced amateur photographer. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yep, okay. and this is where it gets creepy. Great. Over the years, Nathaniel had acquired three fine cameras, an excellent enlarger, two contact printers, electronic flash units, interchangeable lenses, filters, sunshades, and lens caps, extension tubes and tripods, 
In short, Nathaniel Evergood was well equipped to take photographs of just about everything. <laughs> oh, God. He had the equipment and he had the necessary technical knowledge and facility, but invariably he passed up the usual pictorial, architectural, human interest, interpretive, and abstract photographs, even when the opportunities for truly fine shots were there. Instead, he took roll after roll, pack after pack, and cartridge upon cartridge of girls. Nothing but girls. All sorts of girls. Just girls! <laughs> In italics. Just, like, just for emphasis, he we can't need to know he how can't ridiculous it. it is. Yeah, he can't impress it upon you enough. <laughs> At the investigation, Nathaniel suggested that the presence of a camera, introduced on the scene in a gentlemanly and courteous manner, was enough to cause almost frenzied unlocking and unzipping by even the most demure and prudish females. Ladies, Nathaniel said wisely, love to have their bodies recorded for posterity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh he was certainly a very evil and highly obscene old man was nathaniel evergood if ever you saw one but the full import of what his evil old soul and obscene little mind contained would probably escape the casual observer unless he happened onto a tiny cubbyhole at the back of the rooms occupied by nathaniel this was the sanctum sanctorum so to speak of his thin little heart for here, Nathaniel Evergood guarded jealously a secret utterly beyond belief. Okay, so something beyond the girls. Dun dun dun. Also, naked aliens. Am I crazy or is Sanctorum something dirty? Well, Santorum. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking of, right? Right. Yep. That's yep. what people were trolling Rick Santorum about, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Great. I'm not yep, going to tell the, the, the listener can go to Urban Dictionary if they want to know what that is. I yeah, will yeah, not go ahead and Google that. Yeah, I will not be speaking those words, but okay, got it, got it. But before you <laughs> Google it, know that it is, well, um, a term very much in keeping with everything we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely so correct. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So let's see what his little secret is. He fancied himself to be something of an inventor, and he was, too, of a sort. His ardent and relentless pursuit of photographic subject matter during the years had led him into situations demanding full knowledge of his craft, from a technical rather than from an artistic point of view. Thus, this inventive turn of mind was given an able assist by his understanding of the theory, optics, and chemistry of photography. And now, he was just putting the finishing touches to the most important project in his entire life. Basing his plan of action on the simple optical theory of astigmatism, Nathaniel designed a lens. Astigmatism, he had learned, results in the human eye, as well as in manufactured lenses of certain formulae, in the failure of horizontal and vertical target lines to reach a common focus. So his lens was designed intentionally astigmatic, allowing focus to be brought on one group of target lines or another, but never on both simultaneously. Okay. Interesting. Right. Interesting. So I am now more convinced that this guy that I researched who's a photographer oh, is yeah. in fact the writer of this story. Oh, absolutely. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Because he knows all the sciencey stuff. Yep. 
To the front of the lens mount, he added a front-surfaced prism and a filter, carefully ground and tinted internally the precise color complement of human flesh. <laughs> he reasoned, quite accurately as it turned out, that the prism would gather all the colors of light together and converge them at the focal plane of the lens as pure white, thus eliminating all color. But at the same instant, the complement filter replaced last the flesh color of the object focused upon and subsequently recorded on film. What? So it's just photographing the fleshy parts? Everything else is white? I, I think, guess. I think. Then, I think. In, yeah, I, I, let's see. Then, in one fell swoop, the lens allowed Nathaniel to focus carefully on one group of target lines, in his case, the female form underneath its covering, automatically throwing an opposing group of lines out of focus, the covering over the female body, in his case. The prism was busily gathering together all color and converting it into pure white light, while lastly, the complementary filter replaced the color of flesh to the image and finally to the photograph. You see the possibilities, of course. By replacing the normal lens of one fine camera with his invention, Nathaniel Evergood was now equipped to photograph in rich natural color the female form divine, unfettered by any or all clothing. So it's an X-ray lens? Yeah. <laughs> it's an X-ray lens. It sees yeah, through all it's their like, clothes. It's, it's like those, the, <laughs> like, if you call in now with this secret code, we'll send you these 3D glasses that will see through your friend's this, clothes. This is so stupid. <laughs> and then he made it sound so smart. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, this day in particular, Nathaniel Evergood stationed himself, poised like a pointer, at his window. <laughs> That's a great image. The one <laughs> paw up. <laughs> He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Camera in hand, invention in place, waiting impatiently for the first likely subject to appear. And shameful as it must seem, this evil and obscene old man was quite noticeably drooling, right from one side <laughs> of his pinched little mouth. Ew. <laughs> So he is like a dog. Ew, yeah. He heard the saucy click of her heels. <laughs> saucy. <laughs> he heard the saucy click of her heels on the pavement a full 30 seconds before she swung gracefully into his myopic line of sight. She was blondish. Not too blonde, understand, but just blonde enough. And she was a true blue blonde at heart, if you know what I mean. <gasps> I <laughs> the carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> <laughs> I am scandalized. I am truly <laughs> scandalized by this. A true blue blonde at heart, if you know what I mean. Uh, we do, Nathaniel. We do. Oh, my God. We do, Magruder. Oh, we sorry. Do. Yeah, Magru Magruder. Yeah, Magruder. <laughs> okay. Shutter set at one two hundredth of a second diaphragm f 5.6 film real life color rangefinder superimposed click 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 four shots four beautiful pictures in color too before she was gone on down the street wow <laughs> with incredible this old creeper with incredible speed, this evil and obscene old man descended from his window perch and scuttered back to his little cubby hole. <laughs> he sounds like a little animal. <laughs>
He darkened the room and unloaded the automatic sheet film holder. No attempt can be made to describe the gnawing impatience that Nathaniel Evergood felt as he sloshed the sensitized emulsions through the series of solutions for the precise time required for true color rendition. As after 90 long minutes, he washed the sheets and finally held them up to the light for a first wide-eyed look. Okay, I'm so uncomfortable with the phrase sloshed the sensitized emulsions through a series of <laughs> solutions. Okay, I know it's like a beautiful bit of um of S alliteration. Shh 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 so, so, so. But I don't like it. Ugh. So you're saying that's that is that is something that you don't like in your mouth? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like any of it in my mouth, Ken. <laughs> no emulsions okay which i'm guessing which i'm guessing is very good writing i'm guessing that is the point behind that word choice totally totally sensitized emulsions okay great so trigger warning if you uh hear people gag and you gag um whatever that that condition is called so (laughs) um so he he does the whole thing that whole sloshy sloshy process and he finally holds the sheets up to the light for a first wide-eyed look. She was there, all right, his swaying blonde. She was there, all of her. <laughs> well, sir, after filling his eyes and his evil little mind with the four lovely images of the girl, Nathaniel Evergood rushed to the downtown camera shop and wrote out a large check for their entire supply of real-life color film. <laughs> Then back on the street, madly clicking, 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 every pretty girl that came along, every single one. (laughs) Oh, and then listeners, I need you to know that there's a picture here. And Ken, you gotta, you gotta post this picture on the, 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 on the post. Yeah. Yeah. The the picture will go up. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, these are some beautiful ladies, you know, the, the feminine form is gorgeous, but wow, this man is a creeper. (laughs) My God. Oh, he had a time. Wait a second. Are they? Oh, what? no. That's it. Um, you thought, that, you in thought the they background. were nude? No, oh. no, 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 no. I th- so the two ladies in the background, I thought they were standing next to a tombstone. I thought that too. Yeah, I thought that too. It's, it's that shape. He's just in a yeah. graveyard just taking nudes of people. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's not. It's, it's, a, it's, it's one of those mailboxes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Same shape, though. Same shape. Oh my god, that's so funny. He's like, let me just go to the cemetery and be a peeping Tom. <laughs> Get nudes of people grieving. Nudes, man. <laughs> oh, he had a time for himself, did this evil, obscene old man. The next day was Sunday, happily for his designing brain, and there was no work. After a full night in his cubbyhole, developing sheet after sheet of color film, Nathaniel went to the beach and, as you must know by now, set his camera shutter clicking like a miniature machine gun. Oh my god! <laughs> so aggressive. <laughs> so aggressive. It, although, also, like the beach. Uh, yeah. Like, cool, I guess, but like, you're not exactly giving your your clothing removing camera a challenge if you go to the beach. I was just thinking that. I was like, isn't everyone already going to be mostly flesh colored at the beach anyway? Yeah, so well, you're going to use the technology, right? Like, you know, X-ray through know. a winter coat. Yeah, yeah. Take a flight to Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> and he, so he's literally, he's shooting these women with his miniature yes, machine with gun. With his machine gun. I can't. 
And again, the results were spectacular, to put it mildly. The collection grew and grew and grew, and Nathaniel Evergood was never wearier or never happier. What an evil, obscene man he was. <laughs> he loves those two adjectives. We're just hammering that home. Evil yep. and obscene. Evil and obscene. Evil, evil and obscene. And obscene. Now... If Nathaniel had stuck to his camera and to his wonderful invention, this story might never have been written, but evil and obscene as he was, he soon began to dream of new worlds to conquer. What? I'm scared. <laughs> Simple as it had been to apply the principle of astigmatism to photography, and with such marvelous results, why not apply this same principle to his eyeglasses? This would eliminate the annoying delay of taking pictures, then developing and viewing them, to say nothing of the terrific expense involved. Wow. He, you called it. He's making 3D glasses. Oh, my God. Usually when writers say, no sooner said than done, it is often a gross exaggeration. But Nathaniel was quick about it, nevertheless. <laughs> In short order, the problems of focus, image distortion, and aberrations were ironed out, and Nathaniel ventured once again out into the street to give his newest brainchild its dry run, so to speak. <laughs> the glasses worked all right. They worked just fine. And Nathaniel Evergood, in a leering ecstasy, raced up and down the streets, peering with his watery and overworked eyes this way and that, up and down, all around and back again. For the next day or so, Nathaniel was busy as a bee, attending every beauty contest and fashion show in town, and even <laughs> found time for a quick run out to the girls' school. Okay, Ooh. I don't like it. I don't like it. Nope. Not, not the girls' cool. school. Not cool. Not cool. I mean, this whole we thing is... The, I mean, the whole thing is not cool. <laughs> such a violation. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe this is Magruder's way of trying to be like, I'm writing this crazy story, but I, I, I'm not a bad guy because I keep calling him evil and obscene. And it's like, yeah, but you also created this guy. This is your character. So me, me thinks me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He's so evil and obscene. Anyway, about his super cool peeping Tom inventions. Like, <laughs> OK, Magruder. All right. <laughs> The third day following the initial tests of his new seeing eyeglasses, Nathaniel suddenly observed there were an uncommon lot of nicely constructed young ladies right in his own department at the office. An opportunist, if ever there was one. Yeah, I should say so. Nathaniel thought it just might be fun to give the remarkable spectacles a chance to separate the women from the girls and the girls from the children. What? What? Uh, okay. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't like it. Whatever it meant, I don't like it. He, he, he's gonna look. He's gonna look at everyone's body so he can see who's a woman and who's a girl and who's, who's a child. Who's, who's developed how? Oh God! Oh God! I'm weary. I'm weary. This he did, and although his work suffered, he spent the better part of the day classifying the office help into various categories and learning there were at least two ladies who fell in no classification whatsoever. What? It was the nicest day he had spent at the office in quite some time, he decided. Well, okay. Two fall into no classification whatsoever. Two that he just doesn't find attractive, like he's, or that he can't decide. Like, um, like all right, as, would I call you a, a woman or a girl, or like, or as Britney Spears says, not a girl, not yet a woman. Yes, exactly. 
I'm pretty sure she stole that line from this short story. Absolutely, absolutely. She was like, <laughs> I want to write an anthem for <laughs> for people who feel somewhere in between girl and woman. Let me uh, let me find a literary source of inspiration. Yeah. And it was this. <laughs> I want I want to write a song from the point of view of <laughs> those two who didn't fall into any classification from that Richard Magruder story that I right, like so much. Right, right. Those two ladies in the office who work with the peeping Tom creeper. Yeah. Old obscene guy. Great. Yeah. So it's, it's that, that song is from their point of view. I'm really glad we, we are educating our listeners on that. Absolutely true fact. Yeah. Edutainment. Edutainment. Yep. 100% <laughs> Brittany, don't sue us. Oh, Brittany, I love you. I'm so happy you're free. If you heard this, <laughs> wow, I would just die. I love you so much. Okay. I'll go on before I get emotional. So, <laughs> Not long after that, the strain brought on by the frequent changes from his normal reading glasses to the prism spectacles became so intense that he decided there was really no good reason why he shouldn't just wear them, the new ones, of course, all the time. <laughs> the better to preserve his vision and the better to pursue his avocation. So he did. And therein... Um, so, just point of clarification, I assume that his glasses are not capable of gender discrimination. Right. They just they just do that to everyone they see. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, isn't so he seeing a bunch of dicks too as he's so, walking yeah. around town? So he's he's making a point to look at the women, but there's right. a whole lot of dick just swinging right in front of him. Very true. That's very true. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. It's not it's not <laughs> a thing. It's not a thing you want to be confronted with throughout your day, you know? <laughs> not body shaming. Not not body shaming. Everyone's body is beautiful, you know. But so he makes this choice, and therein, clarifies the author, lay the downfall of Nathaniel Evergood. Boy. For you see, the climax of our story comes a month later, on a sunny July day, when Nathaniel made his decision to take a short stroll among the midday lady shoppers downtown. <laughs> Takes him a month to climax? <laughs> Understand that with these glasses of his, Nathaniel had become so accustomed to seeing his fellow creatures au naturel, as it were, that it was on the verge of becoming almost commonplace. But evil and obscene as he was, <laughs> it was still highly diverting yet. At any rate, on this particular day, Nathaniel had made his way no more than a couple of hundred feet from his front door when a heavy hand was clamped on his shoulder and a rough voice growled, where you think you're going, you scrawny old buzzard? You had to know better. <laughs> you like that voice? <laughs> uh, I, I, I did, but I, I think I'm also about a paragraph ahead of the story. Oh, okay. Let's see. <laughs> Nathaniel Evergood spun about, suddenly petrified. The uniform, of course, was invisible, and the man was no raving beauty, he'd have said. <laughs> just talking about this but there was no mistaking the ugly gun and the shiny badge and the authoritative tone of voice uh, I, I beg your pardon nathaniel spluttered indignantly just what is the meaning of this ridiculous outrage <laughs> the beefy irish cop <laughs> i love cool. the term. so we're just leaning into stereotypes oh, i love the term beefy to describe a person i think it's so funny it's always <laughs> so funny the word beef is just really funny <laughs> the beefy irish cop was even more indignant though 
Now just look at yourself. I've seen absent-minded old-timers parading down the street with no shoes on or even no pants on. But just look at yourself. Not a stitch on. <gasps> Nathaniel that, Evergood. That'd be the paragraph uh, I was ahead. <laughs> Nathaniel Evergood <laughs> looked down at himself in sudden horrified realization and looked back up as quickly. But, but, he began, everybody else. But then, of course, he had to stop. Well, the upshot of it all was that the officer hauled him back into his rooms to get some clothes on before carting him down to the station house. As it was, before they entered the apartment, Nathaniel stood to get 10 days probation or a token fine for forgetting all his clothes. <laughs> Irish cops being ordinarily an understanding lot. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, yeah, streaking, uh, 10 days. 10 days probation or give us some money. I get it, you absent-minded old fucker. All right. Yeah, right, right. But when confronted by the staggering array of unclad femininity, this Irishman flushed a deep red, spewed an amazed Irish blasphemy, and then roared like a lion. <laughs> and don't think the officer didn't check the evidence carefully, with the proper degree of loathing, of course, before shoving Nathaniel <laughs> unceremoniously down the street to call the paddy wagon. Of a certainty, things went much worse for the evil, obscene Nathaniel Evergood than they might have, had not this righteously outraged policeman done his duty as he saw it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Matter of fact, they threw the book at the old boy. But what? What does that mean? They threw the book? Threw the book at him? Yeah. Yeah, they they um they charged him with everything they could and were looking oh, for the maximum oh, oh. sentence. Threw the book at him. Oh, gotcha. Thank you. I was like, this feels like a police term that I don't know. Yeah. But not until a thorough investigation was made, and not until several hundred outraged members of every morals, anti-delinquency, and anti-vice committee in town had carefully checked and gasped over all the collected evidence. <laughs> Never in the history of the city had there been such a hue and a cry aroused for the punishment of an offender. <laughs> so Nathaniel Evergood, evil and obscene as ever, got five <laughs> got five years for possession of pornography, indecent exposure, and other charges. We were right on the money. Did we start talking about porn before the title of this story? Yes. Wow, we are good. We're good. Yep. That that seems weirdly prophetic right i didn't think i'd see the actual word pornography in the story <laughs> in the words of the presiding jurist at the climax of the spectacular trial <laughs> climax, <laughs> climax. <laughs> <laughs> such a sentence is far too lenient a punishment for a crime of such enormity <laughs> and to this very day there rests in the files of the local constabulary constabulary mm -hmm. yep. constables yeah, the, the, yeah. the voluminous collection of Nathaniel Evergood, occupying 14 huge, well-worn cabinets <laughs> and always on <laughs> display for the indignant and affronted eyes of any anti-sin committeeman who wishes to examine it. <laughs> oh. men are like i simply must see that disgusting pornography collection again just to just to see how terrible it is i, I must have 30 minutes alone in there with it <laughs> oh my god 
Also taken as evidence was Nathaniel's wonderful prismatic lens and his marvelous glasses. Anytime you're by the station house, drop into the chief's office, and there in the open cabinet opposite his desk, you can see the venal objects. Now, though, the lenses are pretty scratched and worn, but they're still the same two inventions of that ingenious but evil and obscene old man, Nathaniel Evergood, number 5049870. (laughs) 24601. Oh, this guy deserves a musical. No, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on that musical. (laughs) (laughs) And not that it makes much difference since the case is long past and closed, but it might be interesting to point out that the chief is often seen at beauty contests and... (laughs) (laughs) and fashion shows wearing thick lensed glasses which he explains the optometrist prescribed for his failing sight (laughs) and i don't know if it's and i don't know if it's true or not but they say the chief is also the biggest customer the local camera shops have for a certain product called real life color film (laughs) not that it makes much difference now nathaniel evergood is serving his sentence out evil and obscene as ever and the case is long past and closed. The end. Wow. <laughs> police corruption. Police corruption. <laughs> what a what a great little twist in the last handful of paragraphs. That was very funny. I love it. Everyone's like, he's so horrible. We're confiscating your stuff as as evidence. And we and we gotta have it and wear it as evidence. You gotta <laughs> Gotta, gotta make sure it. it's as bad as I remember. <laughs> right. No, I have to keep it because it's evidence. So bad. It's so bad. And yeah. I'm gonna leave it here on my desk <laughs> so that people can see that how bad it, it hasn't gone anywhere, mm-hmm. and it's still right here, and it's right. Bad. Oh my god! It it reminds me of that. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene in Ten Things I Hate About You when the gym teacher is running detention. And there's these two kids there who are like high as kites and like their eyes are red and they've got weed and he's like, I'm confiscating this. And then he walks past another kid with a bag of chips and he just takes the chips and he goes, these two. (laughs) (laughs) It's these two vibes. That's what this end of the story is. Yep. Oh my God. That was very fun. That was very fun. (laughs) That was great. Well, it's just funny too how like, I mean, this was written what, 1950 something? Uh, it was published in 1954, so probably written early 54 or sometime in 53. Got it. I guess just because the language is like so old timey and it has stuff in it like, you know, ample bosoms and like the well-turned thigh and stuff that it just like it was just jarring at the end to see the word pornography just there. Like, I guess I just forget that that's as old a yeah. term as it is because people have been taking nudie pics and painting nudie paintings forever. But I was just yeah. like, oh, Oh, wow. This is literally about porno. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder when nudes started being considered pornographic or or when when nudes as pornography became a thing. Right. Because like I feel like it's got to have something to do with religion. No, like because because you have all that, like the statue of the Venus and like all that, like old like Greek. I mean, there are just so many like old paintings of nude people and they're just portraits like they weren't considered salacious but just yeah. just like admiration of the human form literally but then at some point yeah. it became like put your clothes on you know like yeah. this is too naughty in in my head it's sometime during the reign of queen victoria 
Right. Uh, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna trust you on that one. You know, I, I feel more like about history Victorian England. I feel like Victorian England was a prude enough time that they'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, no, naked people are bad. Co- yeah, cover up. Like um, we're gonna paint you in like neck high ruffles instead. Yeah. So interesting. The science is very funny. Like I, it does. When you said that the the guy that you looked up, Magruder with a D, Magruder, yeah. Richard Magruder, Richard was Alan a photographer. Oh yeah, but was a photographer. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense because all yeah. the because I I also was like, is this like science nonsense speak? Like if you were to have someone who understands cameras more thoroughly read this, they'd be like, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. I mean, obviously because X-ray glasses aren't a yeah. thing. But I was just like, how close is it? Like you know what I mean? How how close of a fake is it to like sounding like it could be legit? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I assume that it's very much like. Um, when you know the people who wrote for star trek come up with some way to to justify like how are right. we traveling at warp speed that's right. not possible you'd rip the human body to pieces oh well we invented oh, well. the inertial dampeners yes exactly it's like the flux capacitor makes time travel yeah. possible that's yeah, yeah, then we, yeah. then, and you go okay it sounds legit to me <laughs> sounds legit. yeah yeah or not enough but, to but I think, suspend your disbelief so this is sort of the same thing like right. okay yeah and astigmatism changes what lines you're able to focus on right so it we'll just erase we'll just, them <laughs> right we'll just say that cancels out everything that's not flesh color <laughs> yeah yeah to say nothing of the fact that like Flesh color is a spectrum of colors anyway. So then how do you, you know, like it's not one color. So it's, uh, there are many silly things in this story, but I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. Also funny, funny to name the, um, the old and obscene or no evil and obscene man ever good. Like they only kind of hit me halfway through the story. I was like, oh, Nathaniel Evergood is evil. <laughs> Nathaniel Evergood, the always obscene. Right. Ironical. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think, listener? Did you enjoy that one? Or were you wildly offended like some Victorian prude? Let us know. Oh, snap. (laughs) Uh, snap. Shoot us us a message at Campfire Classics on any of the social medias. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Ken came to fight today. He said, I'm pro-pornography. And if you're not, you're a prude. (laughs) You're a Victorian prude. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. uh, or shoot us an email at uh, 5050artsproduction at gmail.com. 5050artsproduction is, of course, the production company that produces this podcast. Uh, you can become a patron of 5050arts production company on Patreon if you want. And uh, in fact, we just dropped a new video for our Patreon subscribers. So for as little as $2 a month, you can go check out some of our bonus material. Um, do that if you want to, or, you know, don't, I don't really care. I'm just trying to do all the business promotion-y stuff that I'm not very good at. (laughs) Whatever you decide to do when you shoot us that message, please include this week's secret passcode. It can either be in the body of your message or in the subject line of your email. And this week's secret passcode is sensitized emulsions. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> yeah that's all i think that's, where, do, where do we go from there where do you go from where there? do we go <laughs> from here uh, that was very fun. that's it for me listeners uh emily you got anything else to say any um parting whispered words of wisdom no nah, man that that was uh 
that was very fun and i love you all keep on listening and uh stay silly you know i know it's january it's a little if you don't live somewhere warm and bright it's uh it's a gloomy time of year keep your head up everybody stay silly i like yeah, that yeah stay silly stay like silly <laughs> and so with those wise words echoing through the ages until next week this has been campfire classics where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf you can clap